when I was a little boy, probably seven or eight, I would do newscasts in my house for the neighbors. Welcome to Drop the Dicks. Today's episode is with a figure that you might be very familiar with if you watch the news, especially on WJBF News Channel 6. And today we have a newscaster and the host of the Means Report, Brad Means. He talks to us about making the unlikely decision to stay in Augusta early in his career. We just, as so many people do, got sucked in and fell in love with the town and the region. We take a look at his past. One of my biggest regrets in life was... We take some deep dives. And I'm speaking way out of turn now. (laughs) And whatever this is. But dude, it reeks because it's like the sweat of, you know, decades of children. Thank you very much for tuning in to this episode of the Drop the Disc podcast. We appreciate Brad Means for taking the time to be on. This was a really exciting episode for both Chris and me. If you enjoy this episode, make sure you take the time to leave us a rating or review wherever you listen. And of course, follow us on social media at Drop the Disc Pod. If you have cool ideas for a guest for us to bring on the show, send us a message or email us at dropthedispod at gmail.com. Today's episode, like every episode, is presented by our friend Nancy Powell at Powell & Associates, and it is my distinct pleasure to congratulate Nancy because Powell & Associates won another award this year, Cyber City's Best Real Estate Company. That's two years in a row for Nancy. We love her, and we love that Augusta also loves her. If you are interested in real estate, if you have questions, maybe you just want to understand the market a little bit better, I highly encourage you, contact Nancy. Her cell phone number is 706-717-1281, or you can email her at nancypowell1977 at gmail.com. Hey guys, I'm Chris. Hey guys, I'm David. And we are Drop the Disc Podcast. We have a very important guest on our show right now. He actually just got off the air to come onto a recorded episode. Yeah, breaking <laughs> news. This is a week late, but breaking news. Right. And today we are here with... Brad Means from News Channel 6. What a pleasure to be with you all. And yes, fresh off the 6 o'clock news, <laughs> flying down the John C. Calhoun Expressway to get here and... Glad to be here. I appreciate y'all having me. You're a very good speaker. Have you considered a career in uh, broadcasting? You know what? That is so kind of you. And I was at the Circle K the other day, and the lady was kind enough to recognize me, and she said, I could tell when you said something to me because it was your TV voice. (laughs) (laughs) I think I don't have a TV voice. This is just really how I talk. And I mean, really, that's sort of a side note here about the television business is not to have a TV voice, not to be this other person when you're on the air, just to be a normal human being. And I feel so, like David Muir does that. David Muir? Yeah. Like I think he has a TV voice and then a normal personality. He either has a TV voice or was born with you know, the silkiest voice. <laughs> yes, that too. <laughs> because he, bring, he brings it strong. <laughs> he does. A friend of mine did meet him. I don't remember what she said about his voice, but she met him and said he was normal and nice and she enjoyed being with him but yeah he's he's good so brad we're very excited that you're on the show and we always start the show asking our guests are you from augusta i'm not from augusta i'm of augusta okay 
But my hometown is Jacksonville, Florida. Have you heard of it? Yes, I have. Home of the Jaguars. Home of the Jags. Great Home team. Home of birthplace of Leonard Skinner. <clears throat> yes. They, those members of that band went to my high school. Whoa. So that's kind of cool. That is cool. But yeah, born and reared, as my mom taught me to say, not raised, reared in Jacksonville <laughs> and left there and uh, have bounced around the Southeast ever since. Right. So where did you go to college? So I got out of high school in Jacksonville, went to the University of Alabama, was there for the duration of my college experience and got my first TV job in Tuscaloosa. And after that, just stop me if I'm giving you too much information. Go for Um, it. I'm sorry, your audience, uh, there are a lot of young people listening, so um, excuse me if I give you TMI. I think a lot of people are, <laughs> might be excited that you're, uh, you know, from Alabama. Well, you know? I, I am, and I, and I <laughs> think that Braving just, fan? I don't know. We kind of have to stay quiet in Georgia. <laughs> the Bulldogs don't like us. But yeah, so I went to Bama and uh, got my first TV job there, and early in one's television career, the goal is to move up as quickly as possible. And you do that by going from market to market. And so that was my story for the first few years of my career, just working what would typically be a two-year contract, leaving that town and going to the next city. And Mm -hmm. all those moves ended up in Augusta 23 years ago. So broadcasting, it was your first job after you graduated. Was that what you like wanted to do the whole time? Was was there ever any other consideration? No, David, when I was a little boy, probably seven or eight, I would do newscasts in my house yes. for the neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> with, the, with the aluminum foil microphone, and my little brother would be the sports guy, and we would invite the neighborhood kids over and do the news for them. And so I think it's just been my goal since day one. I took a couple of law classes thinking I might go the attorney route because, you know, I just thought that was a nice job. And the lawyers I knew growing up were nice. But uh, I just ended up in television as I think I was always meant to. Yeah. That's a really incredible story of single-mindedness, if I've ever heard one. I could use that focus now, you know, because uh, it <laughs> carried me from a little boy to my career. But I think it's a, yeah. that's a good point to, to be that focused for all those years and, and end up where you always wanted to be. Yeah. And so you say you ended up in Augusta 23 years ago? Yeah, last week Congratulations. was my 20. Thanks. It Happy was, anniversary. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. We got like a Yeti cup with the corporate logo on it that hasn't arrived yet. How cool. Yeah. I will always remember my 23rd year. So I'm still waiting for that to get here. But it'll keep the hot stuff hot and the cold stuff cold and remind me of that. It's flown by, I promise you that, though. In my mind, we just got here. And again, when we did get here in 1998, we, meaning my wife and I, the um, goal was to do two or three years and then Mm. move to a bigger town like TV people do. But we just, as so many people do, got sucked in and fell in love with the town and the region. And that's, we knew we would never leave. So what number station was this for you after your first job? I think it was fifth. Fifth. So the track would be Tuscaloosa, Lawrence, South Carolina, Huntsville, Alabama, Columbus, Georgia, Augusta. Okay. Wow, you, you've been all around the Southeast. <laughs> yes. <Dang>. yes. <laughs> Ask me anything about the Southeast's 
small to mediumish <laughs> markets and I can answer your questions. So that being said, what what is it that made you guys decide to stay here? It was your fifth. I mean, obviously, like you would have traditionally probably gone to an Atlanta suburb next and then to Atlanta or something similar. What made you decide not to go that route? We were with each passing year, we got more comfortable. And I think at the end of that first contract, that first contract was three years. And so that went to Tuscaloosa. In, in Augusta. In Augusta. So we okay. moved here, yeah. And so okay. I get here and I'm thinking, okay, I'll do my time and then I'll move onward and upward. So at the end of that three-year contract, it's uh, 2001. And... Oh, and by the way, what show were you on at the time? Or was it just the means report from day one for you? The means report. Thank you so much for mentioning that. I <laughs> love the means report. It's a lot of fun. It's my baby. We can talk about that later. If I'm we guessing will. means has a lot to do with your last name. You, it does. Yeah, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Just for people at home, just well, in case. My predecessor was Bob Young, mayor of Augusta, two-term okay. two mm-hmm. mayor of Augusta. And it was the Young Report because I, I took his job. And when he had it, it was the Young Report. And before that, it was called the Augusta Report. So... And folks, in case you don't know, it's a Sunday and Monday afternoon public affairs type broadcast, kind of like this week with George Stephanopoulos, where we interview people and we talk about events of the day. And so, no, I I had that from day one, but I also came here to anchor the 5, 6, and 11 o'clock news. And that's what I've done since I arrived. And we've since added the four o'clock news. So it's mm-hmm. four, five, six, and 11 that Jenny and I do together over at Channel 6. But at the end of that first contract, we just, you know, did not feel compelled to send out tapes or try to get another job or try to move. We just thought this is a great town. My wife is from Greenville, South Carolina. So we're two hours from her people. Right. Uh, my folks are in Jacksonville primarily, or at least they were at the time. Still, what, three and a half hours? Yeah, three and a half, far. four. So why not? And now it just, you know, you know, it doesn't matter if they gave me a one-year contract or a 10-year contract. We're staying, and we love it, and I don't have any intentions of trying to go anywhere else. So you've brought up the means report. Yeah. Of, you know, David has. We've, we've talked about it, and you said it's been your show since day one. Mm-hmm. So there was no working yeah. up to getting your own show. Yeah, you talk were, about yeah, that. talk about that experience. I think it was just something that came with the job because Bob had done it before, Bob Young, and so when I arrived, they said, "Oh, by the way, in addition to your anchoring and reporting duties, there's also this show you need to do. do. Go find, <laughs> go find interesting people and interview them each week." Okay. Which I loved because it was this opportunity to do this show where you didn't have to depend on 10 or 15 second sound bites. You could right. just have a conversation. It's exactly like a podcast. It's what we're doing right now. Probably, you know, a little bit more constrained time-wise than y'all are. Yeah. But it was this ability just to talk to people. Right. And so I fell in love with it and was grateful that Channel 6 let me do it. And uh, we've been doing it every week since wow it's great it, yeah it, it just for 23 as, years yeah and that's, as insane. In your, that's a long time for a show to run yes. y'all get to meet a lot of great people doing what you do right and find yeah. out more about them and you can't learn that in a quick interview that's going to be on the six o'clock news absolutely not you know yeah watch the news sometimes and look at the people who are on there and ask yourself how much you really know about them well conversely when you sit down for somebody with i think we have 22 minutes in each show you'll walk away with a better feel of who they are. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. 
have you ever worried or had anybody tell you and worry to you that you would run out of interesting people to talk to? No, but no one's ever said that, but that is a fear. You know, what if there's just a finite number of good people to have on each mm -hmm. week? And what if you do run out? But no, there's always something in the news. There's always some headline grabbing event or person who you can explore or interview that week. And so knock on wood, we haven't run out. But I mean, mm -hmm. it's a good question because Augusta's not a huge town. And a lot of the news is similar each night. You know, there's going to be a big commission story or mm -hmm. recently there's going to be a pandemic story. Last year, every story, it seemed, was political. Right. But with each one of those subjects, I think, brings a good number of folks to talk to. So I'm curious, 23 years ago when you arrived into Augusta, were you familiar with the city before you moved here? And if you weren't or if you were, what were your first impressions of the city? Because we, we all know they've changed over the past 23 years. Great question, Chris. <laughs> Chris, well done. <laughs> I've done this for two years. Well, you are <laughs> one to go, a bro. true <laughs> pro. No, y'all are pros. <laughs> I had heard of it, obviously, from the Masters. Right. I remember my dad one time calling us all into the den at our house when we were little, my brothers and me, and saying, you have to watch this film that I'm showing at my real estate office that I manage. It's a film about Arnold Palmer and Arnie's army. <laughs> and so I don't know if y'all have even seen this kind of equipment, but it was a projector. Movie theaters used to use them where the film was put onto the projector in big reels and uh, the reel would roll. And I am familiar. Yes. Okay, yeah, yes. I've seen one in person. <laughs> right. I, I have. About it. But you know, like you can picture. I've yeah. seen it in movies. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, it's yeah. that. It's that. <laughs> and so he set it up in the den and he showed this movie about Arnie's army and some of the footage included Augusta National and right. uh, Arnold Palmer's time here. And mm -hmm. so, of course, I had heard of the town, but I didn't know a ton about it. I didn't know it was Georgia's second largest city. I didn't know it was home to James Brown and Jesse Norman. I didn't know that it had the Savannah River, or that it bordered South Carolina. Just, it was Augusta. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't even need to say the name of the state. It's Augusta. And so that was part of the appeal to come here. Right. So wait, I can live in a town that is known just by one name. I'll never have to say the state again. And it's true to this day. <laughs> yeah. And I say it with pride. You know, I'll be traveling. Where are you from? Augusta. <laughs> and no one has ever said, Georgia? They know what I'm talking about. That's how much power that name carries right. anywhere you go. And yeah, I thought that was part of the reason to come here is because it was such a cool place. And you're right, though, it has changed by leaps and bounds right. since then Absolutely. in the past two decades. Yeah, what are the, some of the biggest things you've noticed? I mean, you're pretty involved in the city, so you have a first uh, kind of first-rate first, first rate view. I mean, I think if you took a picture of downtown uh, 23 years ago and you take a picture of it now, you can see some humongous changes. We used to do the news from the bright yellow building on Reynolds Street. It was the intersection. I wish you still did. We could have walked too. over there. We could be neighbors. No, me too. I do. Mm -hmm. uh, it was great, and I loved it. I'm, I'm not, you know, impugning the location of our new television park out there on Augusta West Parkway. It's wonderful. It's state-of-the-art. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yes, we love it. But, man, being in the heart of the Central Business District was pretty cool as well, and our neighbors were – a fire station, and just past the fire station, Augusta Golf and Gardens. My youngest son, I think we had his fifth birthday party there. It was beautiful gardens. 
a nice tourist attraction. The locals used to go there and hang out. And now that's the Georgia Cyber Center. Yeah. And those two. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. And so there's two huge changes that have happened right. to our town in the time I've been there. Right. We've become the cyber capital of the world. It's changing the downtown scene. It's changing the way that our, our what's the word I'm looking for? It's where it's um, skyline. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's changed the look of our skyline. So that's good. I think that we're seeing, of course, you know, by the moment transformation on both sides of the Savannah. That's probably a big focal point. But then go outside the Richmond County lines, go into Columbia County. Right. Where it doesn't remotely look like it did two and a half decades ago. And so I think that the growth is happening nonstop. I think it's a booming, exciting place to live. And I do go to other towns. They don't have the development that we have. You don't see uh, orange barrels everywhere and the construction crews hard at work. And sometimes, yes, uh, but it's heavy here and it's mm-hmm. leading to good things. We'll be right back with more of Brad Means after this quick message from our friends at Savannah River Brewing Company. One of my favorite sponsors of the show is Savannah River Brewing Company. You know I talk about it all the time and I talk about their beer all the time because Quite frankly, they make beer. That is their job, and it is really good. However, I'm here to talk about Oktoberfest 2021. It is coming up. You need to start making your calendars known that Saturday, September 25th at 1 p.m., Oktoberfest is here. There's going to be food. There's going to be games. There's going to be shocker, beer, and there's going to be music and games. No better way to celebrate Oktoberfest At the end of September, September 25th, be there. See y'all there. Savannah River Brewing Company. Another quick note about Savannah River Brewing Company. They have just released a severely limited edition happy beer with none other than Leonard Porkchop Zimmerman, the local artist. Uh, They're selling these right now. They're benefiting cancer research. So if you have a minute and you like strawberry Blondales or if you just want to support cancer, Head on down to Savannah River Brewery and buy them while they last because they will not last long. So let's um, let's take a different view on your relationship with the community. As a as someone who works at a news station, you have tons of exposure, and with that comes, I'm sure, lots of invitations to be at different events. Uh, be uh, not the narrator. What what word am I thinking? MC. Of? The MC. Yeah, yeah, the MC, the master of ceremonies. Exactly. The host. Yeah. What are some cool experiences that you've been able to have because of that? Like throughout the years. Well, countless. First of all, and each one has been wonderful. And just like the means report we were talking about, it's given me the chance to meet and find out about people. Today we were supposed to have the day that we recorded this podcast, we were supposed to have the United Way's campaign kickoff. It's a huge community-wide event Mm -hmm. that kicks off the efforts of the United Way to raise money and help all of the agencies around town that need it. It was canceled, unfortunately, because of this surge of the Delta variant, and the United Way wisely played it safe and canceled it. But that's a great annual event to MC, and it's a great chance to see folks, to reconnect, or just to, you know, visit with people I see Mm year-round. My first event was the Miss Academy of Richmond County pageant. And so I emceed the Miss ARC pageant at the Academy, which is one of the nation's oldest high schools. George yeah. Washington yes. himself attended one of their graduations. A lot of people just... <clears throat> it was 17-something. Um, yes. But yeah. A lot of people just learned that. 
It's <laughs> that's true. No, yeah. it's it's uh, that was one of my first events, and I had no idea of the history of the school and the tradition. Now both of my sons have ARC degrees, mm-hmm. diplomas, and off they go to college. So <laughs> that was special to me, and small events like that, the Miss Lincoln County High School pageant for years in Lincolnton. I would get off the six o'clock news, race out to Lincolnton, host that, and then race back to do the 11 o'clock news. Augusta's debutante ball. One of my biggest regrets in life was saying no to a young lady in Jacksonville growing up who asked me to present her, to escort her to her debut. Jacksonville's debutante ball as Augusta's was big Mm -hmm. and tradition rich. And I was immature and young and had a girlfriend at the time and thought that it would offend my girlfriend if I (laughs) escorted this other girl. Well, all it means is walking down on the middle of a stage at, in, in Augusta's case, the Marriott in Jacksonville's case, it's held at a club around town each year. That's all it would have been, is letting the girl put her hand through my arm and walking her a few feet. But I said no because I thought it would make my girlfriend jealous. And so it's always haunted me that I did that. Her name was Vivian. Vivian, if you come up on this podcast, (laughs) I apologize. But to your question, several years ago, Augusta's Symphony Guild invited me to MC Augusta's debutante ball, and I treasure that one. It's Thanksgiving weekend every year. And now just as my kids grew up and went to the Academy of Richmond County, we are almost now to the age where my son's friends make their debut. Mm. So there's just this huge circle that started with Vivian and is running through Augusta. And so that is the answer to the question, what do I like to emcee? And there's a lot of other things as well, but those are some of the highlights. It's a, a fun, fun way to spend your non-news time. Right. <laughs> That's great. So I'm curious, what does your day today look like being on the platform that you're on every day? Well, the shift is from 3 p.m. till midnight. We were talking about this before we got right. started. It's a weird those are weird hours, right? You know, you, it, it, you get to do a lot of stuff in the morning, a lot of free time to mm-hmm. exercise or uh, go to the doctor or do whatever. And then at three, you go into work and the day is really two parts. There's the three until 630 part where your focus is the newscasts, 4 p.m., 5 p.m., 6 p.m. And so your time is spent reviewing your scripts for those newscasts, making sure the reporters' scripts are good and ready to go so that they can work on their stories, and just doing your best in those areas. At 6.30, you take a break, you come back and focus on the 11 o'clock news where you're more independent. There is nobody at the station really at that hour except Mm. people who are there for the 10 and 11 o'clock newscasts. And so you do the same thing, you review scripts, but you're able to work more closely with the reporter at night to help him or her with their story. Uh, You anchor the 11 o'clock news and then you go home. And, you know, on a normal day like today, it's pretty basic. But last week, I think it was about 10, 15 at night, we had some breaking news. It was week before last, actually, some breaking news uh, that just disrupted the whole rundown. You have (laughs) to start moving things and cutting things and making room for the breaking news to happen. And so that's exciting. 
uh, and different, and we sort of wish it happened more, not that anyone gets hurt or that anything right. bad happens, but that we could have that little injection of excitement into our day. It definitely breaks up the routine. Absolutely. Yeah. But but that's a typical day, I would say, the, the more basic, do the newscasts, study the newscasts, help reporters. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that brings a second question, which is we're talking about local news stories and local news, I think, gets a lot of attention. Um, How do those stories come to be like when you, you know, when you're doing your report, when you're doing your session, like how, how, who is creating those? How does that work? Every day is a clean slate in the news business. We really, is that tough? It is because you're not sure what you're going to cover. And then there are several ways that you do make that decision. We have an editorial meeting each morning at 930. And during that meeting, we will have a list of possible things to cover. That list will include press releases from organizations that want their event on TV. It would include phone calls or emails that we've gotten from the general public about things that they want to see on TV, things they may have noticed in their community that they think are newsworthy. And then finally, Real quick, what, how do people send those in? That's that's interesting. I didn't know about that. The easiest way is, well, there's a tab on our website where you click input or something like that. There's no way I'm saying this the right way. <laughs> if, you, if you go to WJBF.com, you're going to see the place where you click if you have something we need to cover. Or people just, well, and I think when they do click that, it generates an email to producers at WJBF.com, and that's where those ideas come in. And that's so, cool. Yeah, anything that comes into producers at WJBF.com is a potential story idea. So you have these press releases, you have these emails from yeah. our friends out there in TV land, and then finally you have what are called enterprise stories. These are stories that the reporters want to cover that mm. they have noticed and that they deem newsworthy. And so those three things come together. They're hashed out and discussed at this editorial meeting. We know that we have a limited amount of time to cover everything in each newscast. Once you subtract the time for weather and the time for sports, guys, mm. you may end up having nine to 11 minutes Oof, to cover that's crazy. an entire community, <laughs> to cover all of these stories that are happening, and it's not just Augusta, but all of the surrounding areas that we cover right. in the Peach State and in South Carolina. And you come out of that editorial meeting knowing what's going to be on TV, and then the producers break away from that meeting and create their rundowns for their individual newscasts, and that's what you see each night. It's very cut. It, it's it intense. seems cutthroat. It's intense. Yeah. Well, it is. I have someone right now who's really pushing – me to try to get something covered. And it is very newsworthy. And I'm going to try as hard as I can to get it covered. But there's a chance on that day that we might have breaking news mm, or yeah. the, you know, little category of possible coverage items might be full. Right. Mm-hmm. And it won't get covered. But I'm trying as hard as I can to push it through. But yes, some things do fall by the wayside. And so you just sometimes find yourself asking the question, which stories impact the most number of people, the most people? And those are the stories that make up your newscast. You know, it's tough sometimes to do a story that might just impact a couple of folks, even though to those two folks, it's as big as your biggest story you'll ever have. Right. Because it's their world, it's their lives. But sometimes because of those time considerations, we have to go toward the 
larger audience way of doing things. It's a lot of responsibility. Yeah, it is a lot of responsibility. In college, they said we were the gatekeepers. That was a term we had to memorize. And as gatekeepers, you need to be careful and use your best judgment in choosing what goes on television because you don't want to discount someone or diminish their viewpoint or ignore them. Even in weather, the meteorologist might cover the weather that's expected to be the forecast for a town but not mention this other town. Well, the people in that town have called, and they will call or email and say, hey, man, can you take two seconds to <laughs> mention what's going on in our town? You know, we're here, right. and we're watching you. It's not just Augusta. It's not just Aiken. <laughs> uh, don't forget about us. And so you have to try to remember that as gatekeepers to include everyone. Yeah. So let's flip this to a positive conversation, uh, you know, more positive version of the same conversation, Yeah. which is we're talking about stories, You've been a newscaster in Augusta set for 23 years, which is a long time to oh, have is. a lot of stories under your belt. Mm-hmm. Are there any that stick out to you as some that you particularly enjoyed getting to be a part of throughout the history of, of your time here? Okay, this is going to sound... I, I want to say this first because it has greater significance than you might think to me personally, and it's this weekly story that we do called the Golden Apple Award. The Golden Mm -hmm. Apple Award is when we go to a school and we get recommendations from Mm -hmm. people who like these teachers and who appreciate these teachers and who say, um, please go give them this award. Yeah. And so we load up the car with our sponsors and our videographer and off we go to the schools to give the Golden Apple Award. That's really cool that y'all do that. It is so special to me to we just had our first we just shot our first four stories a couple of weeks ago and to see the teachers and to look in their eyes and to watch them get the recognition that they deeply deserve is moving mm-hmm. and when i say moving i mean goosebump inducing you know tears their families there watching them And these people who just toil away in these classrooms and at their homes and on their weekends get that spotlight. And it just makes me want to give that award to every teacher. So I'll lead with that and tell you that those are among my favorite stories of being here. But then certainly I remember other stories that are that are impactful as well, the non-Golden Apple stories. And also I should say very quickly, the people I interview on the Means Report, I would like to put that in the story category as well yeah, because those absolutely. are 22-minute conversations absolutely. that we get to have with people and that we get to explore their lives and find out more about them. No, it's not a series of sound bites. No, it's not this tightly edited piece that you see on the news. But the people's stories that they share with me on the Means Report are among my favorites as well. But to answer your specific question, I would say that one of my favorites was when my children were growing up, I noticed that bullying was a thing. I'm not necessarily saying it was against my children. It was just that as a parent who was in schools a lot, I noticed that bullying was prevalent and that parents were concerned about it. And so I went to my news director and I said, we used to do, we do it all the time now, but we used to do sweeps pieces during the sweeps periods each year, which four months out of the year, the ratings companies 
pass out, in Augusta's case, diaries to about 600 households, and they try to measure what people are watching. That's how, right. we, that's how we get, that's a short. Is that still how <clears throat> it's being done? Kind of like the radio as well? No, it's it, it has morphed into this kind of half diary, half uh, meter thing. Right. So some people have meters in their homes. Some people have diaries. And I hope I'm not misspeaking here. And if there are any people on the account executive side of TV, <laughs> I apologize. But I think there's a little metering mixed in, little diaries mixed in. And then there are companies like um, Dish and DirecTV who can compute who's watching just based on the technology they right. have on their end. In other words, if you flip on channel six on your direct TV dish, they see you doing that. And, and that, that helps make up a rating as far as that right. company goes. Uh, but so I had noticed that bullying was a problem that needed to be addressed. And I said, Hey, news director, what if during my sweeps piece, I cover bullying and not just for one night, but why don't I do a five-part series? We'll take up all five nights of the week, and we'll do a different story on someone who's been bullied each night. That was one of my favorite pieces because it told me what I already knew, that bullying impacted people's lives and that it hurt people and that the long-term effects of bullying could be detrimental, that it could not just you know make a child sad during, say, their middle school years, but it could really impact the direction of their life for years to come. It got nominated for an Emmy. I put my heart and soul into it. And that stands out as something that I was really proud of. And I certainly hope it helped. And I hope that the people we talked to, goodness, it's been so many years ago now, did grow up and are leading healthy, happy lives. Right. Stay right there. We'll be right back with more with Brad Means on Drop the Disc Podcast. Uh, this message comes from our friends at The Clubhouse, the co-working space on the third floor of the Cyber Center. They have launched uh, another round of Make Startups, their nine-month business incubator program. Uh, if you are interested in starting your own business or you have a startup idea, maybe you have a small business and you kind of want to grow it or take it to the next level, uh, even have increased uh, consideration for funding, this is a cool program for your business. They do a lot to help entrepreneurs grow. We're happy to be a part of what they're doing in Augusta. Uh, to learn more about this program, you can go to AugustaBiz with a Z school.com or visit makestartups.com. Or of course, check the clubhouse out on the third floor of the Cyber Center. I've got a question. This is a little tangent, but who is Freddie? <laughs> I have to ask, Freddie. You don't ever want to be tapped to be Freddy. Okay. Freddy is whatever. Wait a second. Do you, David, do you know what I'm talking about? The bobblehead Freddy? I don't. Okay. Let me just say okay. this. First of all, officially, Freddy is a forecaster. Freddy will tell you what the weather is going to do each day. And he will do that by walking his animated self across your screen and looking up at the sky. And you can tell not only by what the sky does at that point in the animation, but the sound of the moan he makes, how the weather's going to be. Like, for instance, if he looked up and saw rain coming or a cloud coming, he would go, oh. <laughs> and so with nary a word spoken, you know that it's probably going to rain. <laughs> That's who Freddie is. Brilliant. <laughs> if we can do earmuffs for a minute for our school children who love Freddie. Well, no, I'm sorry. That's the TV Freddie. Now, let's talk about the Freddy you might see at a football game <laughs> okay. or a sporting event or a public gathering. 
different person. That is whatever Channel 6 employees sucker of a kid we can talk into putting on that costume for 20 bucks for the afternoon. That's awesome. But the price you pay cannot be tallied. The head of Freddie stinks so horrifically. And so the high school sucker kid or middle school kid doesn't realize that because it's $20 to them. But when they don that head <laughs> and take that first sniff, it's just something that will be etched in their brain forever. My children never were Freddy because I came home and said, they're like, Dad, please, it's 20 bucks. I'm like, I will give you 30 to not be Freddy. So, <laughs> there, there's got to be a way to clean that head. But, dude, it reeks because it's like the sweat of, you know, decades of children. Oh gosh! <laughs> I honestly didn't quote. know. I didn't know that y'all put had a mascot of it. I just knew the bobblehead and the animated figure. Right, the bobblehead <laughs> and the animal animated figure are the Freddies I want you to remember. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do we know who Freddie was named after, or was he? <laughs> Freddy is just this that yellow. Was the first kid's yeah. name that put on the mascot. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't. There was a man who we had to, and I'm speaking way out of turn now. <laughs> I'm going to say this generically enough. I think that it'll be fine. Okay. There was a gentleman who who contributed to the way Freddie looks, an animator, if you will, an artist. Right. And I believe Channel 6 and that gentleman got together and figured out some sort of arrangement that would allow us to have that version of Freddie, the way he looks, his hair, his face, his, his outfit on TV. But who named him Freddie? I don't know. But people love him. Oh, yeah. They're said, all about him. Yeah, they're all about him. They said, do you know Freddie? Especially <laughs> kids. You know, we'll, we'll have a tour come through the station. They'll say, where's Freddie? So, yeah. I love a, that. He's a thing. I love that. <laughs> I just learned a lot. Yeah, I appreciate I that. I had to ask that question. David, do you have any other questions left? I'm, I'm tapped. If, <laughs> okay. I, if I was able to think of one, I'm not anymore. <laughs> no, but Chris and David, and I apologize. Obviously, your question triggered something from deep within right. me. But every night when I walk passion. out, passion, passion, the last thing I see, and how I don't have nightmares is beyond me, but the last thing I see before I swipe my little security card and go into the parking lot at midnight after the 11 o'clock news is Freddie's head. It is on top of a file cabinet. And it just stares at me as I walk out the door. Smell me. Yeah, you snub, put me on for a 20 spot. That's hilarious. Well, I'm going to, oh, I'm going to, I have one more. Oh, you do? I have okay. One more. You okay. One more. Tears. Okay. Through tears. No. I have one more. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back to finish off this conversation with Brad Means and, of course, Drop the Disc. But here is our friend George Clausen telling you about a cool event coming up very soon. Hey, guys. It's George Clausen with Friends of Benefits. I want to tell you about an awesome show that we have coming up September 23rd at the Sharon Jones Amphitheater with Moon Taxi, one of Augusta's favorite bands. The last time they were in town, they absolutely killed it at the Miller. It's September 23rd at the Sharon Jones Amphitheater. and You can get tickets at fwbpro.com. So I want to cap this off. We kind of do like a timeline thing. So we go through your history and now we're kind of now. Um, and with you, obviously, it's different than somebody who's promoting their business or anything like that. But for you, I want to ask because of the position you're in, instead of a business, are there any local news stories going on right now that you want to promote that you think people should be following and know about? And considering this comes out six days from now, 
Don't worry about getting uh, anything uh, too early. Yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. It's like, be careful what we talk about because it might not even be in the news then. But no, my, I, I, would, I would turn it to say this, David. I would say that if we're not covering what you think is newsworthy, if the stories that Channel 6 airs don't match what you think is happening in the world or in, in our community, mm. then do a better job of letting us know Call us, email us, my, email us. My email address is bmeans at wjbf.com. Just say, hey, man, I heard you on the podcast. Need you to cover this or get it covered for me. And so, no, I, I, I am only as satisfied with our coverage and our story choices as the viewers are, you know, because otherwise you come across as ignorant. You're mm. not paying attention to everything that's going on in Augusta. And that's my hope that we are. And if we're not, please let us know. Viewers, people are great at holding us accountable. And I hope they'll do that more and more so that what you watch when you turn on the news or when Mm -hmm. you watch it on your device reflects your world. Okay. And what do you think about hockey? Oh, yeah. Let's bring that in real quick. I don't like watching it on TV. I love watching it in person. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. I like, yeah. Yeah. I love watching it in person. I think Augusta would support it. I sort of felt like we did, but I guess the people who do the numbers would disagree and say, no, there wasn't just enough support here to keep it going. But the hockey fans who supported our teams over the years loved it going down to the JBA and watching them. I miss it. It was also 12 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Augusta's smaller city. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? You're right. It's grown. It's much more transient, you know. Mm hmm a lot of people moving to the South. I think we could support it again. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff to do here. There's, there are fun things to do, but I think there's room for hockey. Absolutely. Yeah. And just, there was nothing like watching it, walking to that chilly arena. And of course you wait for the fights. Yeah. (laughs) And you can see the puck a lot better in person, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I'm a fan. Sweet. Awesome. Great question. I'm glad you brought that in. It was. There. It was well done. Um, it's my favorite news story right now. <laughs> so, so we're Drop the Disc podcast, and we're bringing in guests every week to talk about how awesome Augusta is. Um, however, we have our name, Drop the Disc. And so what we're trying to do is take away that negative connotation that people so easily put on this city. The Drop the Disc question is presented by our friends at Trainer Gray. We love all the support that we're getting from Trainer Gray Media. Trainer Gray has helped us out, manage, and live stream our Augusta Rocks concerts. Speaking of Augusta Rocks, they will be live streaming our October 8th concert. It is our third one, raising money for Salvation Army Center of Hope nonprofit. And Trainer Gray is right there with us through and through the whole process. We just got done having a meeting with them about what our expectations are. They are a great group. I can personally tell you. That if you need help rebranding your company or just help live streaming an event, check them out, Trainer Gray Media. So if someone were to walk up to you and talk negatively about the city, how would how would you respond to them? What would you say? I had a news director one time tell me that you should judge your success based on you know how much effort you put into your job that day. How hard did you try? And if you can say to yourself, I tried as hard as I could, I maxed out every gift that God has given me, I pursued everything that I could pursue to make sure 
that in my case, the newscasts were the best that they could be, then that's a successful day. And so to the person who is saying something negative, who is dissing Augusta, I would say to them, are you trying as hard as you can to find fun things to do, to explore all the opportunities that this town provides? Because I suspect that the answer is no. Because if you are going as far as to say this is a bad town or there are things you don't like about it, then you are just blind because opportunities and fun experiences are everywhere. And there are new ones popping up. I won't say every day, but just about every month, Mm. there's something new and fun to do here. Go to Topgolf, go kayaking, go axe throwing, (laughs) you know, and have some fun in this. Walk around the beautiful green spaces that we have in our community But if you're dissing this place, you are not making an effort at all because it has everything and the lifestyle and the way of life and the quality of life and the joy that you can get from being a resident of Augusta, Georgia is limitless. Well, thank you. Yeah. You mentioned a few things, by the way. What are some things, what are your favorite things to do? Just real quick. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm finding out, as I said, both sons are in college now, so everything has been sort of child-centered. And so the answer to the question so far is I like to go to Toki. I love Toki. (laughs) Toki's great. Who doesn't? Right. Isn't it so good? (laughs) May I say this, though? I sometimes, because of how many times we go to Toki, which is like once every three days... (laughs) I'm disappointed when I walk in because I'm waiting for the, oh, you're back, welcome back. The response is very muted. It's sort of like, just like, okay, here's your table. And I'm like, here's my table. It's me. It's, it's our family. My kids have been raised on Toki food. So that's been my funnest thing to do so far. Okay. Uh, but also we love the canal. We mm. love to get in a canoe or a kayak and paddle down the canal. We love to walk, you know, and look at the beautiful homes. I love to walk down Walton Way. Mm-hmm. and look at the homes. And sometimes if you're lucky enough to find somebody willing to talk, they can tell you the history of their home. And that's a history that goes way, way back. I love right. the history walk at Augusta University where you can just sort yeah. of, what a, what a gem mm-hmm. Augusta University is. Not only the Health Sciences campus downtown, but the Somerville campus, which is just so pretty for a walk or a picnic or to throw the Frisbee. So anything outdoors, and I love to play golf as well. So anything to be out in Augusta's great outdoors is for me. Perfect. Love that. Well, thank you so much for coming. We really appreciate yes. uh, having you on today. Thank you for making the time. Listen, we appreciate it. it. It is an honor and I wish you all all the best. I thank you for having this and for pulling back the curtain on our town and showing everybody what a great place it is. Well, thank you. For Chris, David, and everybody at Drop the Dis. thank you so much for watching. That's our report for now. Take care. Thank you so much for doing that. That was great. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Drop the Disc Podcast. Please don't go anywhere because Chris will be here in a second with Around Augusta to keep you updated on all the cool things happening in the city. And we just want to ask if you do enjoy this show, uh, leave us a rating or review. Tell a friend. Help the show to grow. We really do appreciate that. And we love getting to do this every single week with you guys. Uh, And with no further ado, here's Chris with Around Augusta.
Hey guys, this is Chris with Around Augusta. For those of you that are tuning in for the first time ever, Around Augusta is a chance for me to talk about whatever I want that's happening in the city. It could be rumors, it could be facts, it could be things coming to town, it could be rumors about things coming to town. It could be really whatever's going on in the city that I think is pretty cool. So, or not so cool, but that rarely happens. I've got two things today. <clears throat> Excuse me, the first thing. After 20 years, the Scholler family that owned the franchise of Wild Wings has closed their doors to Wild Wings. A lot of you might have noticed on Washington Road or in Grovetown, Doc's Porchside. Doc's Porchside is going to be serving up American dishes and barbecue favorites. I can personally tell you that the redneck egg rolls are to die for. Talk about pimento cheese, collard greens, and barbecue. Deep fried, I mean, come on. That's awesome. So they're still going to have live music. It's really cool. But why did they leave Wild Wings? That is the question. I've been digging up some things. I could not find anything on the internet. Luckily, I've got some inside sources. They will remain nameless. The first rumor, and both of them said two different things. So I don't know what's going on. The first thing, the first rumor is that Wild Wings is rebranding. And that's why they wanted to break away. The part of that that's true is Wild Wings is rebranding. They're starting to turn into more of a high-class, high-end kind of restaurant. We're talking about rooftop bar, cigar bar, high-end whiskey, high-end wine, high-end food. That's what their game plan is. And actually, I will tell you that two locations are coming to Augusta. So that's a fact. I don't know when. I do know before Masters Week. And no, it's not going to be off Washington Road, but I can guess where it is. I'm not going to do that. You can do that. Um, rumor number two is why Doc's left Wild Wings is because when throughout this Wild Wings rebranding, their religious views and beliefs have changed. And so in the good old South, we can understand that that's why someone would pull away from that. However, Doc Porchside, y'all got to check them out. They are incredible food. Still got the great beer. They've done a little bit of renovation inside. Really good rebranding. Um, our friends at Allison South have done all that. So props to them. I've got number two on the list. Dave and Buster's is finally doing a groundbreaking. There is a bobcat and a toilet out there at the village at River at Riverwatch. So. We have been seeing a sign that says Dave and Buster's for about two and a half years, maybe three years. Correct me if I'm wrong. They've been teasing us with it. And then the pandemic happened and we just assumed they forgot to grab their sign. Well, they are actually starting the process now. Who knows when it'll be done, but there will be a Dave and Buster's in Augusta, Georgia at some point. I've got one more thing to add to around Augusta. Our buddy Zach McCabe, who runs the All Equal Parts business and social media page, is doing an awesome event coming up in September, specifically September 17th at Le Chat Noir. He has partnered up with Barstown Bourbon Company and Campbell's Barbecue. This is going to be a whiskey tasting and barbecue tasting at Le Chat Noir. Tickets are available on Campbell's Barbecue Facebook page or All Equal Parts Instagram page. That's at All Equal Parts. No periods, no underscores, one word. Check them out. Support local. This will be an awesome event.
And that's all I got for Around Augusta with Chris. I hope you enjoyed this segment. If you did, please let us know on the reviews. We need to know if you like this segment. I've had maybe two people tell me they like this, and I want to keep it up because I love doing this. I love doing the research. I love this city. We're dropping the disc here on every segment. Y'all have a good weekend. Y'all have a good week. We will see you next week.